Now we get to preach together. Yay! <laughs> probably more fun for me than yeah, you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, I'm excited about it. Um, we're going to be talking about tongues today, the gift of tongues, as we uh, continue our series, Gifted to Go. And um, yeah, we're going to do that now. Let's do it. Shall we? Well, let's do it. Yeah. Lovely. Okay. Uh, so we call today the gift of tongues, but actually, really, it's... Um, it's gift of, the gift of tongues and interpretation, and we'll come on in a minute to explain why that's important. Um, now, both of us speak in tongues quite a bit. That's not always been the case. So I thought it would be helpful for people just to hear our story and to see kind of a bit of our journey. Some of you out there will be like, I don't even know what the gift of tongues in is. What are you on about? Uh, some people will be thinking, that's really weird. I don't want anything to do with it. And some people will be like, it's the most amazing thing ever. Like, I love speaking in tongues. I speak in tongues all the time. And others, I think, will be in a place where maybe they're feeling like, I think I, I received that gift, but now I'm not really exercising it, that kind of thing. So people all over the map here, and I think it would just be really helpful for us to talk through our story. So yeah, so go for that. Yeah, I can start with a bit of personal experience. So <clears throat> I find tongues really helpful. Um, and I know, like you say, it can polarize. Um, but in terms of receiving the gift of tongues for me um it was the i suppose the story that many have heard before the classic i was that soul survivor type story um but i was i was about 18 um i was that soul survivor and i went to a tongues seminar and i was always quite intrigued by tongues as in being able to speak to god in a language that you didn't understand um, but how does that help and why does that build you up? I, d I don't really get it. But anyway, we had this seminar on it and I really wanted to start trying. So um, they said, why don't you go back to your tent because we were camping um, and just be on your own and try and pray and try speaking out in tongues. So I did that and I said a kind of a few words and then I was like, am I talking in tongues? I'm not really sure about this. And um, anyway, I kind of carried on, and then I, I stopped, and I thought, I don't think this is right. But I then, when we got home from the camp, I then carried on doing it and kept trying, and, tr and more and more just gained confidence in it. And more and more as I did it, felt filled with the Holy Spirit as I did it, and had the kind of, although in tongues when you're, you're speaking, you aren't understanding what you're saying, but it's almost like your spirit communing with the Holy Spirit um, and in, in worship. And so there was that kind of um, edification, self-edification um, of feeling actually I'm engaging with God in this. And now when I use tongues, um, it's often um, in worship, or when I'm starting to pray, it kind of um, helps me to understand more what God's will is as that I then mentally start praying, if you know what I mean, and using words. Um, it can just help me to get closer to God in that way. Yeah, it just brings you into that place of worship, doesn't it? It's really, really helpful. Um, for me, I found it really weird in the early years of my faith. I was just like, what is this thing? It's so and I, um, I remember going along to Grace Church in Nottingham, where Lindsay was going to, to church when we were at uni. So we were dating at uni. I would drive down my little Peugeot. You were in Glasgow, I was in Nottingham. Yeah, and I came on down. And I remember our conversations afterwards were a little awkward. Because they spoke in tongues quite a lot. There was tongues, and then somebody would interpret that tongue over the church. 
And uh, I, like, I just found it so bizarre. And I remember I didn't really have a biblical grounding as to why. I think I had probably had some excuses. I like ripped out of context. Um, and, you know, tried to make myself sound smarter than I was. But really, I was just uncomfortable with it. And I, I was just cynical of it. I just thought, what is this? This is so bizarre. And, you know, yeah, I had all sorts of questions. Do you remember much about those conversations? I mean, how awkward was it? I mean, it was quite awkward, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> so you loved this church. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I it. came away just being like, this was my one thing. Cause yeah. it, because it becomes such a big thing for people. Yeah. It does. Um, yeah. And it can be divisive. And certainly I've had a lot of Christians kind of really struggling with it and really grappling with it and thinking, actually, this is just for you kind of charismatic people or people that are overly emotional or want to connect in a certain way. You know, I think we've all heard those arguments. And actually, I think the interesting thing is that when we dig into the Greek meaning of the word charismata, we find it's uh, derived from charisma in, Greece, in Greek, sorry, which means um, gift of grace. Um, so this is derived from charis, which actually incidentally is Annabelle's middle name, which is why, um, which is just a wonderful meaning that, it, that it's a grace gift or a gift. And um, Sam Storms in his book, The Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts, says, the gift of tongues is simply the spirit-energized ability to pray, worship, give thanks, or speak in a language other than your own or one you may, may have learned at school. So that kind of, that is trans, transformatory, in my opinion. Is that even a word? I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah. And um, so if you've kind of ever felt awkward about thinking in tongues or being somewhere you've heard it used, we would just so love for you to know its power. If you feel you can identify that awkwardness, it's okay. Like, I think I've um, felt that awkwardness as well. And I think lots of us do. But actually, I challenge you this week to think about um, what does the Bible say about tongues and what could it mean to you personally? So, you know, to have this, as Sam Storm says, spirit-energized ability to pray and worship. It doesn't necessarily negate our cortical prayer life, our, our, our thought-through prayer life, or our engagement with, with God with our mind, but actually it adds that extra dimension to our prayer. I just think, like, what an amazing grace gift of God. Yeah, and that, that certainly... I've received the gift of tongues since my cynicism, and it's certainly been my experience as well, is that this builds you up. <laughs> like, this is such a helpful gift. And remember, this gift is from God. Um, so, yeah, this isn't made up uh, by charismatics in the 20th century. This is, this is in the Bible. This is yeah. biblical. No matter how you look at it, it's the, the gift of tongues was something that took place in the Bible given by God. So it can't be, you know, actually, who's weird? Is it us? <laughs> yes, it's not God, it's us. So um, I find that helpful to think about. There are lots of key Bible passages on the gift of tongues. Um, one of them is 1 Corinthians 14. We're going to spend quite a bit of time there in the next 15 minutes or so. So if you have a Bible, grab one. 1 Corinthians 14, if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, uh, it's near the end. If you go to the Gospels at the beginning of the New Testament, and then you have Romans, and then it's into 1 Corinthians. So, um, oh, I missed out Acts. 
was Acts, then Romans, then 1 Corinthians. Um, you'll find it there. And then there's uh, Acts 10, which is Cornelius' dream, um, which essentially is Peter preaching. The Holy Spirit then falls and, and they um, start speaking in tongues. So these are, this is Peter preaching to the Gentiles. The Holy Spirit falls and then they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Yep, then we've got Acts 19. And that's when uh, Peter finds uh, these followers of John the Baptist. They're baptized in water but they've not encountered Jesus and been filled with the Spirit. And when they did, they spoke in tongues and prophesied. And then, kind of going to the 1 Corinthians 14 verses, Paul helps believers when they're gathered together not to share the tongue that can't be understood without an interpreter. So there's kind of order alongside speaking in tongues. Yep. And then you've got the list of gifts well, there's actually four major lists of gifts in the New Testament. One of them is 1 Corinthians 12, and in verse 10 it says that there are different kinds of tongues. Now that fits with all these different verses that we've seen already, because in Acts 2 we see that it's different human languages, okay? And that is obviously one of the key passages that we have, Acts 2, where uh, Pen at Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit falls, and then we see all these different people who are from different nations understanding in their own language. Okay, so the, the, that's one type of tongues. But then we also see different types of tongues that are described as heavenly languages or angelic languages. And that also fits with what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. See that? speak in the tongues of men or of angels. So there seems to be different types of tongues. There are at least two, and some would argue three. So at least two as in heavenly set of languages, and then languages on earth, understood, like the normal languages you know, or three, angelic and heavenly are different. So just depends how you look at that biblically. <clears throat> and the Acts 2 type gift, is where people understand in their own language. I, I've heard stories of this, but I've not actually heard this in practice. And But the usual way to receive it today is a heavenly or angelic language. And it, again, in public, this needs to be interpreted because otherwise people won't understand what you're saying. Um, and uh, speaking on your own, it doesn't. And generally, it's used for praise or thanksgiving. So it's a really helpful gift. Now, looking back to Acts 10, which I mentioned earlier, Peter is preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, and the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word, and they were heard speaking in tongues and praising God. And I feel like that's kind of been our own experience. It kind of takes us more quickly into worship. And certainly in my experience, it surpasses my own words, my own doubts, my own guilt. So sometimes if I'm feeling... Um, condemnation or that I can't quickly come into God's presence, which is my own problems rather than God's because he always welcomes us straight into his presence. But sometimes if I'm feeling like that, actually, it's quite helpful if I um, start by speaking in tongues um, and then I, can, then I can kind of understand more his will and feel a greater sense of worship. And then I'm better able to pray with my mind uh, in that situation. Yeah, it's just praying with mind and spirit. So the two work together in tandem. Yep. And if you were to read the first 12 verses of 1 Corinthians 14, 
you could be forgiven for thinking that the gift of tongues is a bit of a rubbish gift and actually compare it to the prophetic and you think, huh, uh, well, prophetic's clearly better and gift of tongues is rubbish. And so what's the point in, in really pursuing the gift of tongues or eagerly desiring the gift of tongues? Um, but actually the key to that is that you get to the end of uh, verse thir- or the beginning of verse 13, where it says, therefore, in the ESV or in the NIV, it says, for this reason, for this reason, therefore, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. Okay, so actually what's going on there, it's not that tongues isn't as good as prophecy. What, it's, what Paul is really driving at is, hey, if you're going to speak tongues in, in a gathering of believers, and then it's not interpreted, it's actually a bit useless because it cannot be, because if it's not interpreted and it's not intelligible, then it isn't useful for the whole gathering, the whole church. If uh, it's just one person speaking out in a tongue and it's not interpreted, the only person who gets built up is you. Okay, so that's his point. And that's really key when you come to 1 Corinthians 14, is understanding that actually the, the key argument here is not that tongues is rubbish, it's that tongues uninterpreted in a big gathering is not a great idea because it's only going to build up one person. Yeah. Um, so, the other helpful thing about tongues is that it can give spiritual breakthrough. Um, so, if you look at, or kind of in your own time, just jot it down, Ephesians 6.18, straight after it, Paul talks about putting on the armor of God, it says, pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So, I mean, this is a really good thing if you're, if you're going through, if you're prayer walking um, in your area or for people to receive the gospel or be broken through addictions, um, it's kind of something that will um, break through darkness. So, kind of breaking through the darkness, bringing things into light, tongues can be, can be quite helpful about that. Yeah, definitely. And we'll come on to that a little bit in a minute as well. But that's one way of praying that we'll see breakthrough. Um, and whenever we see in the New Testament, particularly in Jude, which we'll come on to in a minute, when uh, we see that uh, God is, uh, or that we're in pray- praying in the Spirit is a description. If we're praying in the Spirit, it's not just tongues, but all kinds of like various types of prayer that helps us to have spiritual breakthrough. But tongues is, is a really helpful tool here. And I think one that we just kind of forget about, um, but actually, yeah, it's really key. So let's get really practical. Um, someone out there wants the gift of tongues for the first time, thinking, yeah, I'd love that. I'd love to come and worship God more through the gift of tongues. I'd love to, I'd love to um, have those breakthrough moments. I'd love to have that thanksgiving poured out. Like, how would somebody receive the gift of tongues right now? So I think number one is to ask in faith. Um, so, so is actually if you're feeling cynical about this, if you're feeling awkward about this, um, to pray against that and, and to actually look at what the Bible says. As I said earlier, what does the Bible say about tongues? And Holy Spirit, help me to interpret this in kind of practically in my own life. And if there's areas in me that you want to open up and expose, Lord, would you do that? I think that's, that's essentially what I would say, number one. Um, Paul is obviously one of uh, the, the um, apostles that wrote the majority of the New Testament and some of the most theologically dense books in the Bible. Um, and he says that he 
he's thankful that he prays in tongues more than any of them. Um, so I think sometimes there can be an argument between um, the kind of airy-fairy charismatic and the theologically dense stuff, um, but actually bringing them together um, is, is, is a really, really powerful tool, um, bringing together word and spirit in that way. Um, so ask in faith, not in cynicism. Um, and um, just, yeah, it, God is a God who gives good gifts and believe that he will. Um, and, yeah, I would have a go and practice in that way. Mm. And for somebody who is tempted by the head, like overly heady approach to faith, <laughs> um, actually tongues is really helpful to me because you're praying in your spirit and um, there is a distinction there to how you would normally pray because you would normally pray through your mind, right? Um, this is the one time you don't really do that. It's like from your spirit. And, and actually, that can be so freeing and helpful for someone who's overly heady. Now, do not take that as like you don't use your head. Of course you do. <laughs> and uh, we never we never get to the point where we say we, that we don't want to use our brains. Of course, we do. We're made to do that. That's a part of what it is to worship God. However, um, there is this element here with praying from your spirit that is a, that is just beautiful for someone like me who's sometimes tempted to be overly heady. Now, some of you were like me when, when uh, I first kind of started exploring this. And honestly, this is the way that you will probably try and receive the gift of tongues. You will be something like this, okay? Okay, Father. Yes, I will receive the gift of tongues if you would like to give it to me. <laughs> And you'll just be like really tight-lipped, like almost like, come on then, like if, it, if you're going to do this, it's going to have to be really miraculous, like because I'm not playing my part. Um, but actually that is not particularly helpful and um, I'll let you explain why. You're supposed to, are you explaining why or am I explaining why? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't remember either. <laughs> I've lost my train. Well, I explain. Let yeah, me explain. Go. Okay. Um, yeah, well... Acts 2.4 says this, they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, so they spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So in other words, when you step out in faith to speak in tongues, do it syllable by syllable and then wait for the Spirit to give utterance. Okay, so there's, there's an act of faith here going on. So you want to receive the Spirit, you feel like God's maybe saying, yeah, go for it go for it. <laughs> and for me, I actually received the gift of the Spirit. I couldn't tell you uh, the gift of tongues. I couldn't actually tell you exactly when I started speaking in tongues because it was a kind of syllable by syllable kind of step of faith. And then suddenly, I just seemed to be fluent in it. And the God had given me something miraculous. So don't be tight-lipped. Don't be thinking like, come on, prove it then. Don't, please don't be like that. You're going to be like me and like waste many years without this beautiful gift. Step out in faith and receive. Yeah, so when you're on your own, speaking tongue, in tongues loads. Um, it causes your spirit to worship and it builds you up. So what shall I do? I will pray and sing in the spirit as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 15. I will pray and sing in the spirit. And then verse 17, I will be built up or edified when I pray in the Spirit in tongues. Great. So, 
I think it would be great now. We're going to come on to the gift of interpretation for the last few minutes, but I think it'd be great now if you're sat at home and you're like, I'd like to receive this gift. Or maybe it's been lying dormant with you. You know, you've spoken in tongues before, but then you've you just kind of stopped. Um, we'd love to pray for you too. Um, and if you already pray in tongues, well, would you pray for everybody else? And would you pray in tongues as you do? <laughs> Father, Holy Spirit, come. If you're at home and you want to receive the gift of tongues, I just encourage you to do this. Just hold out your arms to receive, like a, a posture to be in a posture to receive. And just wait on God. Come, Holy Spirit. And if you want to receive the gift of tongues, hey, maybe just try and start speaking out some syllables. Yeah, Lord, we, we know this is a beautiful gift. One that raises us, literally causes us to rise in worship. Oh, Lord. And would you gift people now with the gift of tongues? Would it be of great benefit to them? Would they find that it raises them into a place of worship regularly. Would they find that it causes them to have great amounts of thanksgiving, that you would reveal more of yourself and, and, and through it, and that they would worship you beautifully in it. Come, Holy Spirit. Pray for any, um, just that spirit of awkwardness hmm. is being next to you. You know, I don't think this is quite right, or I don't think this is um, for now, or I don't think this is um, a good gift or a necessary gift. God, I just pray that you would um, just make your word clear mm. people are struggling with mm. what to what to believe in this doesn't say. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you give us um, good gifts for the building up and edification of both ourselves and also the entire church. Yeah. Just pray that through this series that we would be built up personally and as a church. Mm. Amen. Yeah, so if that's you, um, and you want gift of tongues, uh, keep keep stepping out. 
keep stepping out. All right, we're going to have to go through pretty quickly okay. through this. Uh, okay, so when a to- tongue is brought in a gathered setting, then we need interpretation. First thing to say about it is that that interpretation is going to be about worship and thanksgiving to God. Okay, so if somebody speaks out in a tongue in a gathered setting, grace community, we're gathered at church, and someone, and then we wait, what really we would like to do is say, okay, guys, we're going to stop, we're going to wait, and we're going to wait for the interpretation. And when that interpretation comes, if you think you've got an interpretation, but it's actually more a kind of directive thing, like a prophetic thing, where you might say, hey, Naomi, I've got this word for you, but 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 that actually is just a prophecy, okay? Because what we know of the gift of tongues in Scripture is that it actually is about adoration. It's about worship. So the, the interpretation will come as worship to God, okay? So if you, if you think, I've got the interpretation, but it's more of that kind of prophecy thing, you've probably got prophecy, not the interpretation, in case you just wait for your moment to kind, kind of come in and share that. And you'd uh, just go and chat to the host about that. So if there's no interpreter in the room, and you don't think that anyone could interpret um, your tongue, then don't bring it. Um, we need one. Um, and that's from 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Because if we don't, then the church isn't built up and, built up and it's pointless. Um, you might not know if there is or if there isn't. So whoever's leading the meeting, just grab them and they'll, they'll kind of let you know. Yeah, it's great. So th- thank God I, um, there are people in the church who do have gift of interpretation. I'm sitting next to one. Um, I have interpreted tongues before, but honestly, I don't think it's a real gift. Um, so if Lindsay's not in the room um, and you're not aware of anybody else in the room who doesn't have that gift, uh, who, ha- who has that gift, then uh, you can come to the host, like Lindsay says, ask there, and if we're not sure, then we won't bring it. Okay. Um, if you think you have the gift of interpretation, would you come and communicate that to one of us? That would be really, really helpful. Um, and that would just help us to, to think about that um, when we have a, a gift of, uh, when we have a, a tongue that is brought during a meeting or somebody wants to bring one. Now, sometimes interpretation sounds like a direct kind of word-for-word interpretation, but it usually doesn't. Um, and often it's the kind of God brings the gist of what the worship is and then the rest will come. And ask for the, for the gift of interpretation as well. That's another spiritual gift. And sometimes, certainly for me, when I've got an interpretation of a tongue, I'll have the initial bit of it. But as I speak it out in faith, then more of it comes. And as you, as you said, it's, it's worship rather than to the congregation. It's back to God. Yeah. Brilliant. And the other thing to be aware of here is that Paul says that actually if there's an unbeliever in the room, because this is unintelligible um, to them, actually we don't want to bring it unless there's that interpretation and we can be really clear. So when we bring a tongue, we will stop the meeting. I don't mean stop as in like, everyone be quiet. (laughs) I just mean like we will wait. So band might play and we just wait and see if there's an interpretation. If there's not an interpretation, we say, well, that tongue isn't for now, and then we move the meeting on. Okay, simple as that. Um, But really important for the unbeliever in the room. So we want to be conscious of people who don't know Jesus, 
who are in the room or people who we want to be in the room in the future who aren't believers so that we don't get to the habit of doing things that when they do come into the room, they're like, what is this? This is like, I don't understand anything that's going on. Because to us, a tongue on its own without an interpretation, we might be like, oh, that's beautiful. I love that and just love to listen to it. But actually, it's not helpful for uh, the gathered body or for the unbeliever. And we want to be um, really aware of that. So final thing, some of you have received the gift of tongues a while ago, or maybe even the gift of interpretation. And uh, I just want to speak these words over you right now to Timothy 1.6. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. We don't know exactly what spiritual gift that was, but it is a great principle for any spiritual gift that you have received at any point. Fan that into flames. In other, words, in other words, continue by the power of the Spirit, who's the one who really fans that into flames, step out in faith and um, keep going with it. Keep exercising it and see what God does with it. We have a crying baby. <laughs> Don't we? So we should probably go and get him. Um, but Padlet is going live at the moment. So if you uh, are on, you will be on YouTube because that's, <laughs> that's where we're all watching it. Um, if you go down to the comments below, you'll see the Padlet link is there. Click on there. We'd love to hear some of your prophetic words or anything that God has been speaking to you about not just during this meeting, but perhaps all week. And right now, Naomi is going to come on back up with Timmy. We're going to worship together, and uh, I'm just going to pray as they do. Father, we thank you for your incredible gifts. We thank you, God, that these gifts are so useful for the building up of believers individually and corporately. So, Lord, we do ask that you would give people this gift of tongues. Even this week, we'd hear stories of people receiving the gift of tongues. And would it bless people around them? We're gifted to go. So it builds us up so that we can be uh, in more adoration and worship of you. And that overflows into our whole lives. We worship you with our whole lives. And we see people around us affected by that as we join with your mission uh, to bring glory to you all over this place for, uh, and for, for Glasgow's good too. So, uh, Lord, we do ask that you would come, you would reveal yourself, you would come in power. Holy Spirit, uh, give that wonderful gift to people. And Lord, we do pray for people to be able to bring a tongue and an interpretation in meetings as we gather together from time to time that it might be useful to us to help us to lift our, our gaze towards you, Jesus, see more of you, worship you more beautifully, clearly, uh, with pure hearts. Lord, we want to worship you with pure hearts, for you are holy, holy, holy. And that's what we come to do now. We come to worship you with everything we've got. In Jesus, your most wonderful name. Amen. <laughs>